Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It's so great to see everybody. Uh, welcome to the Black Financial Channel. And uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about a guy named Donald Trump. Uh, Donald Trump kind of infuriated some people when it was revealed this week that he pays. Uh, sometimes he pays less taxes than a homeless person. So I'm going to talk about uh, some of the outrage over Donald Trump's tax returns, uh, how people should or maybe might want to feel about it. And also, you know, how he paid such little in taxes. And we're going to break all this down for you. So get comfortable, buckle up your seatbelt. We're going to get started on the Black Financial Channel right now. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Black Financial Channel. That's theblackfinancialchannel.com. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. I am your friendly neighborhood finance professor. On the Black Financial Channel, we talk about black wealth and black economics every single day, sometimes as much as 10 times a day. And our condition is that we are black first. Black first means we put our community at the top of our priority list. Black first does not mean you have to be black to be here. It just means that we are solely focused on uh, closing the racial wealth gap. If we don't put all of our energy and pour everything that we have into our own people, then who is going to do it? If we don't do it, then who's going to do it? I asked y'all that question on this New Year's Day. If we don't do it, who will? I need y'all to, somebody tell me, if we don't do it, is the white man going to do it? Uh, if we don't do it, are Asian people going to do it? If, if we don't do it, are, are Mexicans going to come along and, and save the black community? So, somebody give, give answer that question for me in the chat. Uh, he shot him out of Compton. Well, it's good to see everybody. Happy New Year to you. Also, shout out the city that you're from. Shout out the city that you're from. And uh, as, as I dig into our topic, which is actually Donald Trump's tax returns, uh, I, a lot of thoughts are just kind of coming through my mind. Uh, first off, I'm going to say this. I woke up a little bit sad today because, uh, as you know, I got my Ph.D. at The Ohio State University. And I'm not going to lie. You know, when it comes to college football, uh, I'm a, I cheer a lot for the Ohio State Buckeyes. And I really thought we were going to pull it off against Georgia. They were playing so well. And then things kind of fell apart and it kind of made me sad. So I was a little mad about that. But I put a big Buckeye symbol on my Instagram. I want to tell you about this. This is actually kind of funny. And I got hate because I put up the big Buckeye symbol and I said, yeah, I'm a Buckeye. That's where I got my doctorate. Go Buckeyes. Right. And then people, you know, of course, the the, the Negro naysayers are always lurking in the corner to, you know, to kind of come along and hate. Right. So they came along and they said, oh, but you but you told Dion he had to go teach at an HBCU or he had to go work at an HBCU. But you didn't go to no HBCU. You ain't got nothing to do. Also, Dion did H had to do HBCUs, but you don't have to do HBCUs. Well, so first of all, let me clear that up. That, uh, number one, I never said Dion had to do nothing. As far as, you know, as, far as I'm concerned, Dion's a grown ass man. He can do whatever he wants. I support him regardless. I, in fact, I think it's pretty typical for black people to sell out their positions and go and work for white folks. I'm not saying that it's not that it's abnormal. It's very normal. A lot of black people do it. But I'm also here to give you a harsh truth. The harsh truth is that the reason your institutions don't grow is because you don't invest in them. Uh, when Jackie Robinson left the Negro Leagues, everybody cheered for him and he made more money for him and his family the Negro Leagues died. Uh, so remember that when Dr. Claude Anderson came in, he was just explaining to you that if you ever want to know why your institutions don't grow, why your wealth doesn't grow, it's because whenever you get a chance to grow something of your own, you walk away from that. So so give me a guess in the chat if you understand what I'm saying. I'm not trying to say that, that Dion didn't have a right to do it. I'm not saying that Dion is the only one who would have done that. A lot of people would have done that. Uh, I'm not saying anything other than the obvious, which is that growing, uh, that working hard for the University of Colorado does not build anything in the black community. Let's just be clear about that. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm, you ain't got to agree with me to get this. But working for the University of Colorado, 
grows almost nothing in the black community. It just, it just doesn't. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm saying there's a lot of black people to work for Colorado, just like there's a lot of black people to work for Burger King. But if you're working for Burger King and you're slaving for Burger King, uh, does Burger King's legacy equal your legacy? Do, can you pass the, your Burger King uh, franchise down to your child? Have you been, you know, the manager, who, the, the night manager at Burger King for 40 years? No, you can't. You just can't. It's just a fact, right? But that's the first point I want to make on the Dion thing. I think it's important. And I'm, I'm, you know, some people say, why are you kicking the dead horse? Well, because I don't see the black community as a dead horse. I don't see black wealth as a dead horse. I see it as a sleeping horse. So, yes, I will kick the horse because the horse needs to wake the hell. I was about to use a cuss word, but it's the new year, so I'm going to try not to cuss today. But the, the horse needs to wake up. Okay, that's the first point. Second point is that when everybody was saying you need you should oh you should have been you wouldn't have no HBCU you're a hypocrite you're a hypocrite I said you know what absolutely you're 100 correct in the sense that when I was younger I didn't understand the things that I understand now when I was younger I thought just like you did I thought that being attached to uh, this other institution was going to make me better and I did that I went to uh, Ohio State I taught at the University of Kentucky I taught at Syracuse University I taught at um, I even taught at a school in China right so I've done the, those things I taught of Indiana University too. Uh, and, and then over time, I realized, wait a minute, I'm pouring all this energy into these other institutions that are not owned by my people. I'm teaching the greatest, most cutting edge knowledge of finance. Literally, when you have a doctorate, you understand things on finance that are literally interplanetary. They're just on another level because you have to do that. To, to, uh, to get a doctorate and a PhD in finance, you have to know finance from a deep core theoretical mathematical level that you'll never learn if you're like a stockbroker or an MBA or something like that, right? So, so I was teaching this stuff to mostly Asian kids, white kids, and Jewish kids. And they were taking this information and going out to Wall Street and making millions of dollars uh, you know, for their families, right? So I said, you know, I really want to teach this to Black people. And I feel like I, I, I was told that, I'm, that you're a successful Black person because these white people hired you to do this job. But they said, am I really successful? And I realized that I wasn't actually as successful as I could have been. So I said, you know what? I'm actually going to take that next step. So I did actually, I, I couldn't get a job at an HBCU because I was too radical. A lot, you know, when, when I went to interview at Howard University, I was interviewed by a Chinese man and the Chinese man who ran the Howard University Finance Department at that time, I kid you not, they literally had a Chinese guy running their finance department. I thought it was the craziest thing in the world. But, but uh, because I couldn't get past that gatekeeper, I said, you know, let me just create something of my own. Let me create um an hbcu myself uh you know i call it an hbcu it's called the black business school any give me a yes in the chat if you've heard of the black business school give me a yes in the chat anybody heard of the black business school well in the black business school we have actually helped over 10 million of our people invest for the first time in the black business school we've helped over 10 million of our people buy real estate uh we've helped them to buy shares of stock We've helped them educate their children. We have a, a whole black business school for children called Black Millionaires of Tomorrow. We just did a black wealth boot camp for kids that was extraordinary, where those kids now have a financial literacy level that matches the average college educated adult. OK, uh, so 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 we're getting it done, y'all. We're, we're doing this. And so so when people say, well, well, you didn't pour nothing into HBCU. What you do with HBCU? I say, you know, I've given millions and millions of dollars. And millions of hour, millions of dollars worth of my time as well, and my money, to black-owned institutions. Right, I have poured everything, my whole entire life, into educating the black community for the last 12, 13 years. A lot of y'all seen it because I've done approximately twenty thousand videos, literally twenty thousand videos, 
that you can watch right now on YouTube and other platforms that have gotten almost a billion views. And we've been doing it consistently every single day for about 13 years. So if anybody steps up and says, well, Dr. Boyson ain't doing nothing for HBCUs, he ain't doing it. Just, just tell them politely. Just say, hey, the Black Business School is out there. You could try it for free. If you want to know more about what Dr. Watkins is doing, instead of sitting on the sidelines, just kind of being a being just doing a yap doing a yap yap fest kind of thing, uh, just go to boyswatkins.com and he will embrace you with open arms and teach you just like he's taught so many millions of people. So that's that's how you respond to the haters, y'all. That's how you respond to the haters. And I ain't even mad at him. I ain't mad at him because I get it. I used to think the same way when I was 25. I thought that the white man's ice was colder. I thought that getting him to hire me was the best thing I could do. I thought that being up next to him was the best move. And I just don't agree. I just think that for, for prime time, I feel like prime time could have made $5 million a year in a lot of places. It's not that hard. I'm, I'm serious. I'm sorry. I'm going to be honest with y'all. When you're famous uh, and already kind of rich and you know rich people, it's not hard to make $5 million a year. I, I'd love to talk to Dion. I'd be like, bro, you you can make $10 million a year on your own. What? Why do you need to be an employee to make $5 million a year? You know you could probably do that just with the primetime brand, which has got to be worth a couple hundred million dollars now. Let's create some Let's create some primetime products. Let's have a primetime clothing line. Let's create a primetime prime time educational academy. Let's create a primetime shoe line. Like, like, let's do some stuff with that primetime brand so you can make 10, 20, 30, 40 million Master P type money without having to go be an employee. That was my point with Dion. It wasn't being mad at him. It was pushing him. It was encouraging him. It was believing in him. It's like the, the way your daddy or your mama pushed you. You thought your mama was being a hater when she said, son, you could do better than that. You know, you thought your daddy was being a hater when he said, come on, sweetie, you can, you, come on, let, let's, let's try harder next time. He wasn't being a hater. He was just encouraging you because he saw your greatness. I digress. Thank you for allowing me to do that temporary diversion. I hope that's okay. If you could do me a favor, please hit the thumbs up button. Thumbs up, thumbs up, share, subscribe. Uh, this is a perfect opportunity also for me to warn y'all that there are some fake boys walk-ins accounts out there that will hit you up and ask you to uh, inbox them. So uh, do not do not respond to those people because they are definitely, definitely scammers and they will try to take your money. So that is not me uh, sliding your, your DM. I do not slide into people's DMs. I don't do that. Uh, and so uh, please make sure that you, uh, you you check into that or that you uh, report those accounts when you see them. Second of all, could you please hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, thumbs up, share, subscribe. And I also want to say thank you to pathwaysunited.org. Pathwaysunited.org can actually help you raise money if you are seeking to uh, get government uh, sp government sponsorship in the areas uh, re related to um, uh, anything related to the Department of Energy that they might fund. If you're looking to raise money, they can help you with your proposal. Uh, that's their URL, pathwaysunited.org. And, and if you're scientifically inclined and you'd like to get a grant fulfilled, they've got a ton of stuff in areas from cybersecurity, energy security, fossil energy, carbon management, defense, nuclear proliferation, fusion energy, electricity, high energy physics, nuclear energy, renewable energy, et cetera. So uh, feel free to reach out to pathwaysunited.org if that is something that will help you. All right. So let's let's hop into Trump. Uh, I, I I know that I, we didn't plan to talk just about the Dion thing, but I, I like to address all the things that are black wealth related. And anybody who doesn't like that or doesn't agree with that, you're welcome to go to a white person's channel. I don't I don't care. It just get on out of here if you if you if you don't like it. All right. So uh, here's the thing. Let me ask you all this. So here's what was revealed about Trump's taxes. Give me a yes or no. If you saw what was going on with Trump and his taxes being released, uh, give me a yes or no. If you follow that. 
And uh, there were some people that were very upset that Trump uh, was, you know, that, that Trump didn't pay as much in taxes as he should have. And I'm going to give you sort of the quick overview. It's pretty hilarious, actually. Uh, Donald Trump uh, actually paid little to no taxes in three of the six years covered by the documents that were released. Uh, he paid zero taxes in 2020. Uh, 750 in taxes in 2016 and 2017, which is crazy. Now, he did pay bigger amounts in 2015 and uh, 2018 and 2019. In 2015, he paid $641,931. 2018, he paid $999,000. 2019, he paid $133,000. Now, let me ask you this. Let's start with 2020. He paid zero taxes in 2020. So give me a yes or no. How many of you, uh, how many of you uh, paid an amount greater than zero in your tax bill in 2020? Give me a yes in the chat if you paid more than zero dollars in taxes in 2020. If you paid like 25 cents or higher in taxes in 2020, give me a yes in the chat. Give me a yes in the chat if you paid more than zero dollars in, uh, in taxes. And I think this is important because this is fascinating. This man is a, a, allegedly a billionaire. Um, I don't know what Trump's net worth is. He, he claims that his um, let me see. What's Trump's net worth? They, now, they claim that his net worth on this first site that comes up on Google uh, is $3.2 billion. And uh, let me just tell you, uh, look, I, I'm going to tell you like this. If you are in that category of people who think that Trump should have paid more in taxes and you're upset about it, I, I, I join you in that click. I'm 100 percent in agreement with you. Um, I believe that the inability to tax billionaire, millionaires and billionaires appropriately in this country is going to lead to, to the decline of this country. Uh, remember, I'm a finance guy, so I look at the numbers. And when you look at the level of debt that if you look, there's a debt clock that the United States has. Uh, let me see, debtclock.org. Um, I, I think yeah, I think it's called debtclock.org. And the U.S. debt is insanely high right now. And uh, in fact, right now, uh, the U.S. debt, national debt has risen to $31,459,731,278,000. Sorry, that's $400,000. Sorry, uh, $450,000, $500,000. It's literally going up by about $10,000 a second on this chart I'm looking at. And if you want to know what the debt per citizen is, it's 94128 The debt per taxpayer uh, owed in this country is almost a quarter million dollars, $246,866. Uh, U.S. federal uh, spending per year is $5,987,377,000 a year. And the uh, the debt the U.S. deficit is is pretty massive. Uh, tax revenue per year is about four trillion six hundred seventy four million three hundred twenty two. See, I can't even say it right. So four four trillion six hundred seventy four billion three hundred twenty one million two hundred ninety seven thousand dollars per year. That's the total tax revenue. And what's interesting here is I'm as I'm looking at the debt clock, the numbers are actually going down for revenue by per, like per second. I kid you not. Like literally, when I started this conversation. Total revenue was uh four trillion six hundred and seventy-four billion three hundred and twenty-one million two hundred and seventy two hundred and ninety thousand. Now it's dropped to two seventy-five, two seventy-four, two seventy-three, two seventy-two, two seventy, two sixty-nine. It's literally dropping. This is very interesting, right? This is really interesting. So what's happening on this debt clock, which is a real live portrayal of where US debt lies? I'm actually shared this uh it's debtclock.us or debtclock.org or something like that. Um, I'm going to show you all this chart. It's, it's, it's interesting to look at. What I want to point, uh, point your attention to is I, as I want you to try to notice. Let me see if I can make it big on this screen here so you all can really see it. I want you to notice <laughs> how 
the spending over here is going up by the second. The debt is going up by the second. Look at how fast that debt is moving. Like literally in the amount of time that we've made this podcast, the U.S. government will be about $2 million more million in debt than it was when we started the podcast. Give me a yes or no if you understand the gravity of what I'm telling you right now. We'll be $2 million more, $2 million more in debt by the time I finish this podcast than we were when we started. In fact, it might be three or four million to be honest with you. So the, the, the debt's going up, the spending is going up, the revenue is going down. Over here, this number is dropping. And I'm like, whoa, whoa. How many of you feel like you'd be in a good financial situation if your debt was going up and your uh, spending was going up, but your revenue was going down? How many of you would feel like that was a good financial situation to be in? Um, and why do I point this out? I point this out because <laughs> the reason that the United States is having that problem is because they don't tax its billionaires. They don't tax its businesses. They don't tax its investors very well. You know, uh, the, 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 the biggest thing I, I, I want you to understand is, you know, you know, anybody ever heard that saying where they say, don't hate the player, hate the game? Anybody ever heard that? Give me a yes or no if you've heard if you've heard people say stuff like that and you agree with that statement. Don't hate the player, hate the game. So a lot of y'all don't hate the player. You don't hate Trump for not paying taxes. A lot of you are saying, wait, how did he do that? And I'm going to get to that in a second, I promise. But, uh, you know, but then I say it like this. Don't hate the player or hate the game. Like why? Hate is just not a good energy. In fact, the haters that are in the chat, just don't waste your time. Just don't hate on, don't hate on me. Like I don't, it ain't going to make no difference. I ain't going to go change what I do because of you. So spend your energy doing something else. Uh, instead of hating something, love something. You know, when I was on the phone, I was on a phone call. I kid you not. This is an interesting phone call. I got a call one morning from Kanye West where he texted me and said it was right after the death of the rapper Takeoff. And he want, he had a brilliant idea of wanting to, to, to do this massive peace summit uh, and uh, basically uh, use this uh, death of takeoff from the Migos as an opportunity to really unify black people around you know some productive causes. So uh, I, on the phone, it was me and Kanye and uh, Noriega from the Drink Champs. And uh, he was also texting Diddy and Russell Simmons at the same time. And uh, and we were throwing around ideas. And you all know me. My agenda is, is just pro-black. So I said, how about we use this as an opportunity to um, to unify black people around the fact that we need to take on this toxicity in hip hop and we need to take on these record labels that are promoting death, uh, death culture to black people, making billions of dollars. They're making money. This is a financial conversation. They're making billions of dollars a year by getting your young men to kill each other, get on drugs, disrespect women and throw their lives away and spend time in the penitentiary. That's not a good trade for black people. And uh, and so we're talking and in the middle of the conversation, I kid you not, this is a true story. And, and y'all know me. I got to be honest with y'all in terms of the thoughts that go through my brain. God gives me these streams of consciousness and I'm not going to deny God. And um, especially on a Sunday. And and uh, and so so Ye starts talking about first he's, he's agreeing and we're talking and we're vibing. And then he starts talking about Jewish people. And he says, yeah, we could do something at, at, at Morehouse College. They have a stadium, but they're connected to Jewish people. And, and I'm like, oh, okay, well, all right, fine. Where, where do you want to do it? And he's like, yeah, yeah. And then he starts, he, he start, instead of talking about the topic, he starts talking about Jewish people more and more and more. And I'm like, I don't really care about Jewish people right now. I don't, I don't, why are we, we're powerful black men on this phone. Like, you know, you're one of the greatest artists of all time. Uh, uh, you, we all have big platforms. 
Diddy and Russell are on the other line. Um, I'm I think I'm one, I think I'm a pretty smart dude. We're powerful black men right now. Why are we wasting our energy hating on what somebody else is doing? I said, I get it. If you have an issue with Jewish people, that's between you and them. I don't care. I'm not paying attention to that. I said, but I love black people. And love is a more powerful energy than hate. Love is the most powerful force in the universe. You you can't stop love. You can't stop a man. If a man really loves his woman, you can't stop that man from getting to that woman. That's why, ladies, if he ever tells you, like, I don't have time to talk to you because I'm too busy, that's not true. He don't really love you like that. Because if he really loves you and he's an ambitious man, he's going to make time for you. Give me a yes in the chat. You know, a, a mother who loves her child is going to literally lift a mountain to get to her child. Am I lying or am I telling the truth? Yes or no? Give me a yes or no if you understand. This is Sunday, so I probably sound like I'm preaching, but that's okay because God wants me to do this today. So, so love is always more powerful than hate. Love is an, a, 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 an energy that gives you strength. Uh, hate makes you weak and small. It does. Uh, you think it gives you strength, but it actually, you're, you're, you're using toxic energy. You're running on toxic fumes. So eventually it's going to destroy you, right? Uh, love is something that uh, just can't be stopped. Uh, you know, if you tell two, if you get a bunch of teenagers together and they all get attracted to each other and the energy of love takes over, you can't stop those teenagers from getting together and making babies and breaking rules and doing whatever they got to do. So my point is to say that, you know, so what I said to Ye was I said, I said, don't tell me about what you hate. Tell me about what you love. Let's talk about what we love. Let's build on love. You know, and, and so I say this to you, you know, when you're talking about this thing with Trump, um, you know, yeah, they say don't hate the player, hate the game. I say don't hate nothing. You know, love yourself. You know, I'm not saying love the player. I'm not saying love the game. I'm saying love yourself. I'm saying love your community. Love the knowledge that you can obtain by figuring out how the hell this man, this billionaire, was able to go five years paying less taxes than a lot of homeless people. That's what I love. I'm like, man, I want the knowledge. How did he do this? This is impressive. Whoa. And, and the crazy thing was, and remember when Trump talked about that and they were like, ha ha, you didn't pay any taxes. You didn't pay any taxes. You're a bad person. He was like, I'm admitting that I took advantage of the system because we need to take down the system. Now, this is not me telling you to go vote for Trump. No, let's not get it twisted because the man's a little weird. But it is me kind of saying that it's the system, y'all. That's what I'm saying to you. It is the system. And so so really, and here's the other thing, too, that's interesting, is this is bipartisan. This ain't just Republicans taking advantage of the system. This ain't just Democrats taking advantage of the system. This is all the elites. There are apolitical people who are wealthy who are taking advantage of the system. You know, it's so, so I'm just telling you. That if you are a believer that the system's always supposed to be fair and you're mad because it's not fair, well, then join the damn club. We know this damn thing ain't fair. I just want to help you rig it in your favor. So so when you're talking about this, I mean, you think the Pelosi's are paying big tax bills? The Pelosi's, you know how much, does anybody know how much money Nancy Pelosi's worth? Guess. Nancy Pelosi, her net worth, uh, I'm going to Google it. Um, her family net worth is $135 million, $135 million. And every single time there's an opportunity to vote to um, increase taxes for people like her, she does not want to do it. Uh, every time there's an opportunity to vote to uh, disallow people like her from trading stocks based on the information they're getting through these congressional bills that they're passing, uh, which, which gives them a huge inside information advantage, she votes against that. 
Uh, every time there's an opportunity for her to reveal more about her financial situation, she she rejects that. So this is not just Trump, y'all. That's what I'm saying. This is not just a Donald Trump thing. This is a this is just a rich people thing. <laughs> this is just an elite wealthy people thing. And so so what I'm going to say to you um, and now. So what I want to do is kind of give you a couple thoughts on on ways you might be able to uh, benefit from this knowledge or reduce your own tax bill or a way to kind of look at taxes. I'm not a tax expert. I'm not pretending to be. I have tax specialists I talk to on a regular basis because I'm a rich guy who also tries to minimize his tax bill, that just to be quite frank with you. And, uh, and I encourage you to really think about this sort of stuff as you're talking to these things about your kids. Your kids, this is the, the time is now for you to start talking about your kids, how they, and how they can position themselves so that the IRS doesn't just suck out all their money like a vacuum cleaner, okay? So do me a favor, hit the thumbs up button, uh, thumbs up, share, uh, make sure you subscribe. I want to remind everybody, number one, uh, you can get this podcast on Spotify if you haven't. Uh, if you haven't downloaded it, you can go to look up the Dr. Voice Breakdown on Spotify or Apple, and you can find my podcast on Spotify. Secondly, if you um, <clears throat> want to take a look, we have some really great financial flashcards for kids. Uh, we have flashcards on, on money. We have flashcards on investing. We also have flashcards on real estate. So if you want your child to understand terms in real estate and you want to go and get them started early, which I think is a great idea, uh, you can feel free to go to financialflashcards.com. And then also we have flashcards on credit. Uh, that's credit, credit scores, uh, maintain you know, uh, credit cards, just anything related to credit uh, and financing, which is a hugely important part of the economy. We have flashcards on that too. So feel free to go take a look at financial flashcards.com if that is of interest to you. All right. So uh, so one thing I will say to you is that if you want to reduce your tax bill, uh, you know, I, I remember when I was working at Syracuse University and I was making, a, you know, six figures and stuff. And, 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 and I was happy about that. And, um, you know, a lot of girls thought I was cute because I had more money and everything. Um, but I remember when, um, you know, when when I was was told by my dad, that if you want to have more tax write-offs, buy a house, right? So you can write off the interest and, and stuff like that. And then there are other uh, tax write-offs that regular consumers can use. I'm not an expert on taxation, but I can kind of give you some basics. And what I actually found was when I started a business, there's very there's just no, there's almost no tax write-offs I can think of for an individual person working every day that come close to the write-offs you can get in business. You know, in fact, um, uh, in, in my new book, The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power, which is on Amazon, uh, one of the things that I talk extensively about is the massive amount of economic value that's being flushed out every year from the fact that Black people and Black families aren't thinking about starting businesses with each other at an early age. Uh, if you want to flip up Black wealth by a couple trillion dollars in one generation, just make it uh, a, a huge part of our culture to create businesses around our family, because you don't understand your family is a million dollar family. You have over a million dollars or more, really probably several million for some of you in terms of human capital in your family. This is not a me, me. This is not a feel good statement. This is not me making things up. This is not symbolism. This is true economic theory. Pay attention now. Are you listening? Give me a yes if you're hearing what I'm saying. Remember, during slavery, uh, you were worth tremendous amounts of money to the slave master. They could get insurance policies on, on your life. Uh, they were able to use your, your existence as collateral to get uh, loans, uh, to, to make investments. Uh, they were able to generate significant amounts of revenue from your mere existence and the fact that you had labor and skill, right? So, so if they were able to make so much money off of you, 
Uh, well, then why can't you make money off of you? Uh, if they were able to see the wealth in you, why don't you see the wealth in you? Uh, remember, corporations also are able to make millions of dollars off of you. Kevin Hicks and Beatrice Mitchell. Mitchell, if you work for the white man, and no disrespect to the white man or the Asian man or any other man, any man, anybody you work for is going to extract millions of dollars in revenue from your labor. That's just the fact. That's how capitalism works. So my point is to say, not to say that if you work for other people, you're a sucker. I'm not saying that at all. I've worked for lots of people. I still work for people. To this day, sometimes I'll, I'll do something. I'll do a job. I'll do a lot of jobs for free. I work for Push Black and I do a podcast for Push Black and I do it. I don't get paid. Uh, I don't get paid a, a, a nickel from Push Black. Uh, because I want to be associated with what they're doing because I think that the company's so extraordinary, right? So uh, so everybody works for somebody. Everybody gets that chance to be the worker sometimes. And then everybody sometimes, if you're smart, you'll get a chance to be the boss. That's why I want you to train your kids to also be the boss. But what I really need you to understand is that there's millions of dollars in wealth right there in your family, just from your labor, uh, your skill. A lot of y'all going to go to college. You got children going to college. When you get when you go to college and you get that skill, you're, you're worth a lot more money because of that. So the ability to see that wealth, the sooner you see how important you are, the sooner you see how valuable you are, the sooner you see how much economic potential you have, the sooner you will tap into that and be able to pull that money into your family. The money will not go out the window, just like the air from the air conditioner. When the windows open, you'll shut the damn window and keep the air inside the room. Do you understand what I'm saying? Give me a yes if you understand what I'm saying. So ultimately, uh, becoming an investor at an early age is massively valuable, not just because of the wealth creation capability, but also because of the limited tax liability. Like you can literally, if you train your siblings to you know, or your kids and all their siblings at an early age to realize, hey, y'all, if you start businesses together, you, every time you have a family reunion, that's a tax write off. What? <laughs> do you understand what I'm saying? I'm not saying do engage in any form of tax evasion. I'm talking about tax avoidance, which is very different from tax evasion. Tax evasion makes you like, like Sam Bankman-Fried. No, tax avoidance makes you, I'm not even going to say like Donald Trump, because, you know, Donald Trump kind of teeters on that line between legal and criminal. It makes you smarter than Trump. It puts you in a position where uh, you as a family I then have the ability to go on discounted vacations for the rest of your life. Like you can say, hey, y'all, let's all go meet in Puerto Rico and have some business meetings and work on our business. And then you got documentation. You're, you're really doing it. It's not like you're pretending. It's not like you're saying, gosh, I want to go to, I'm going to sneak and go to Puerto Rico and pretend like I'm running a business. No, you're not doing that. You, you and your sister really do have an LLC and you really were in Puerto Rico. You're taking pictures. You got documentation where you're sitting there taking notes with each other, writing down your game plan, planning out your new year and how you're going to make, uh, how you're going to go from 5 million a year to 8 million a year. I mean, think about that. Imagine that. Imagine that. And imagine getting paid for that. You do. There are tax incentives for that. And then you take that amount that you you spent on the trip or whatever, and you go to your account, make sure everything's legal and good. And then they start chopping off your tax bill because you and your sister decided to go to Puerto Rico and hang out or Costa Rica or or Guam or something, I don't know, Italy, wherever the hell you want to, Nigeria, like wherever y'all want to hang out at, like that's that's available. Do you understand? And what I'm saying is that if you get too caught up in the politics of Trump and the arrogance of Trump, you're going to miss the areas in which the Trumps are kind of winning a little bit.
You know, if I look up the net worth of every single one of Donald Trump's kids, you're talking about a number of between 50 and 100 million dollars for every child. Now, again, you can hate the player. Or you can hate the game. Or you can stop being a hater and go get in the game and figure out how to win. Everybody type the word win in the chat. I want you to be a winner. I don't want you to be a hater. You ain't got to sit around hating nothing. Don't get mad at somebody because they're doing what's best for their family. I, I don't believe in that. I'm sorry. I know some of y'all get caught up in the Democrat. Well, Trump is a bad person and Biden is a man, whatever. Shut up. <laughs> no disrespect. I don't hate you. I'm not, I didn't mean to tell you to shut up. I'm serious. Like it's I've heard those conversations for 30-something years. And let me just tell you this. Um, people got mad at me, but I shared it on Instagram. I said, it, it was it was like the Roland Martin crying picture, the picture of him crying when, when he saw the, all these black people voting. And I said, yeah, that's really nice. And I get it. But it's like you're maybe you're crying because you vote in every election. You march. You're always marching at a rally. You, you're praying. You've been praying to white Jesus for 400 years. And white people still have all the wealth. You've been marching, voting and praying your black ass off. And white people still own everything. So that clearly means that whatever strategy you have at this point, it's not enough. It does not mean there's anything wrong with marching. Doesn't mean there's anything wrong with voting. Doesn't mean there's anything wrong with praying. I'm not gonna get I'm not gonna get between you and your Jesus. Lord no knows that that's not my mama taught me that that ain't something you do unless you want to get your face kicked in. But what I am saying is that you, your strategy is not enough. Do we at least agree on that, that we have to do more, that we got to try something else? It's got to be both and. It can't be either or. All right? So so, so that's my thought. You know, um, a couple quick thoughts on, on tax deductions uh, is that if you are uh, an investor, you can write things off that you can't write off. Otherwise, if you are, um, if you have LLCs and you are a business owner, you can write, you can write things off. Also, there's some other uh, little thoughts that, that came to mind. Uh, there are tax advantage accounts out there like health savings plans, 529 plans, things like that. They can reduce your tax bill. Uh, you can claim ta various tax credits like earned income credits, child tax credits, education tax credits. Uh, you can take advantage of various tax deductions that might include student loan interest, medical expenses, etc. Uh, also, contributions to things like 401ks and IRAs are important tax vehicles as well. But I don't think anything really comes close to having an LLC. Just make sure you, it's real. Make sure you're really using it and make sure that you are actually trying to do business. Don't, don't be out here trying to play games and, 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 and be sneaky because I don't think that works out for you. OK. All right, guys. So that's that's my two cents. My wife and I are about to go running today because health is wealth and I got to make sure I stay healthy. We're we're hanging out. We actually saw Michael Roberts uh, last night. Uh, Michael Roberts is a black billionaire who's a really great guy, very pro-black and I have a lot of respect for him. And uh, and so um, so I'm going to go out here and and. Uh, and, and get some exercise in. Uh, just a reminder, I want to say thank you to PathwaysUnited.org for sponsoring the podcast. If you'd like to get funding for any grant related to something that the Department of Energy might fund, uh, just reach out to PathwaysUnited.org. They will take good care of you. Uh, also, last but not least, don't forget that my new book, The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power, is available. You can buy a copy on Amazon or you can go to DrBoyceBooks.com, either one. And, uh, and this book is uh, it's, it's doing really well. The, the reviews have been great. So I'm really happy you guys like it. I think almost, I think 4.9 out of five stars or something like that is what I saw last time. So uh, if you do buy a copy, if you could take a moment and please leave a review um, so others can know how they can benefit from this book. Uh, this, this book, The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power, was written to be a definitive guide 
on simple rules, you know, almost like how Biggie had the 10 crack commandments and everybody learned how to sell crack. Well, I don't want to teach you how to sell crack. I want to teach you how to get paid. I want to teach you how to be successful. I want to teach you how to be healthy. I want to teach you how to be happy. I want to teach you how to be rich. Uh, so ultimately, th this is the 10 crack commandments, except it's like not crack. It's <laughs> it's actually the 10 black commandments. How about that? So um, so long story short, uh, I think you're going to like this book. I spent a lot of time thinking about it. And what I did was I took all this financial theory that's been shoved in my brain over the last 30 years and uh, and really condensed it to 10 simple rules that I believe any family or any group, any collective can follow that will put you in a position where you have a very high probability, very high probability of having wealth and power uh, within, you know, a, a decade or so. Like it, it, it doesn't even take a whole generation, really a decade or so. Uh, and so uh, feel free to go take a look. Uh, it's called the Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power. I'm going to do a tour in the spring. I'm going to go to about six major cities. I'm not going to go to every single city. We don't have time to go to every single city, but uh, I'll let you guys know what cities we're going to go to if you want to do an in-depth training on each part of that book. Uh, and uh, and also, if you go to voicewalkins.com, there's a free training on how to start a family investment club if you want to do that in conjunction with the training you're doing in the book. So uh, anyway, guys, that's it. God bless you. Love you. Thank you all for listening. And uh, hit the thumbs up button on your way out. And I'll see you guys soon. Take care now. Peace. 